0: Well, we're in uh, Advent season, and uh, we're in a theme, the light that leads us home. And uh, today, uh, the title of my message is The Miracle on 316th Street, and uh, clearly there's a play here on uh, a theme, a movie theme, uh, The Miracle on 34th Street. Now, I don't know, uh, I wanna ask for a show of hands like last week because it was pretty overwhelming. Like 80% of you have actually watched these movies, know these movies. Uh, so I'm assuming a pretty uh, large number of you have uh, seen The Miracle on 34th Street. But uh, for the few of you that haven't, uh, the point that I want to uh, bring out in that movie, uh, that fun movie actually, uh, at this time of the year is the whole idea uh, of this movie was, okay, Santa Claus. And, uh, you know, can Santa Claus uh, really be real? And so you got the department store, depending which uh, version of the movie that you you looked at, whether it be the old movie, you know, Macy's. But anyway, the department store, New York City, and uh, they're trying to drum up business, so they need a a real good Santa Claus to get the kids in and buy toys. And uh, they finally... Uh, find a, a good Santa Claus. And uh, the thing that's so appealing about Santa is he's really very joyous and uh, he is just sort of upbeat under all circumstances, uh, and he's just really a, a you know super nice guy. And then if you follow the story, there's a court case and they actually prove legally that he is real, or at least like okay, if he's not it's okay to uh, believe that he's real. And, uh, you know, uh, happy ending at the end, everybody's uh, excited about uh, Santa, and he brings good joy to everybody, and the kids love him, and, you know, actually miracles happen, and Santa seems to have some uh, godlike qualities where he can uh, say prophetically, uh, in, in, certainly in this uh, rendition, uh, you know, to the, the trial lawyer hey, listen, adjust that TV antenna, because last time I came down there, you know, was sticking in my pants, and, and the guy saying, how do you know where I live and what my TV antenna looks like? You know, so it had a little bit of uh, that kind of fun sort of thing in. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, from a, a different standpoint, not that I'm against, uh, you know, a fun movie like this and and the joy and the, and the lightness of it, because uh, it, it does, it brings a certain levity and a, a jovialness, uh, but uh, one of the questions that uh, you might want to be thinking about as parents raising kids or grandparents is the whole idea about Santa. Uh, for us, uh, raising our kids, this was a little bit of a dilemma. Uh, firstly, as you can gather from my accent, I'm not native-born uh, Bostonian. I'm working hard on that accent. It's just, <laughs> it's just not coming. Uh, but, you know, so you come with Slightly different traditions. We didn't have Santa Claus where I grew up. It was Father Christmas. And uh, so you're coming to a slightly different culture, and people are excited about things slightly differently. But here was the dilemma for us. We thought we really want our kids to embrace Christ Jesus uh, even before they're teenagers, you know, when they're somewhat young. And so the dilemma for us was this. If we uh, sort of highlight Santa Claus, and then uh, we, we tell him, look, Santa's going to bring you presents, and Santa's going to do this and that, and you really need to be good so that Santa will be, you know, uh, kind to you, uh, then, you know, when they seven, I should just give a disclaimer here. I don't see any young kids. I don't want to, like, burst some parent's bubble. Okay, so if you've got a young kid in here, you, disclaimer quickly uh, before I... Can't get my words back, <laughs> but uh, but but the dilemma for us was okay. So now our kids are seven or whatever age it is, and then we say, "Yeah, no, you know that was just really a pretend, and uh, and we were really just like pulling the wool over your eyes, and it was sort of a nice game." But let me tell you that Jesus is real, and they like, "Yeah, right, sure." You just told us that Santa was real. Now you're saying he's not real. And uh, you want us to believe in Jesus, we can't see him. You know, how does this differentiate? So, you know, my wife and I, Liz, we discussed this and we said, look, we're not going to tell our kids that Santa's real right from the get go. And so we said to our kids, look, all your friends are going to be believing in Santa. Now, this is a big secret. You're not allowed to tell your kids that he's not, your friends, that he's not real. This is like just between us, the family. He's not real. Mom and dad will give you all the presents you want. We'll put them under the tree. We're not putting any cookies out. I'm sorry about that. but And our kids really like like zoned in on this. And, and we had like two like significant benefits from this, One, was, which we didn't actually expect. One was they embraced Christ at a very young age because, you know, we were saying Christ is real and, and this, is, this is how you can experience him. And so that was the biggest plus by far. But there was another side benefit, which I never actually thought we'd have. And that was our kids at a young age uh, trusted in us. There was a sense where, you know, mom and dad don't pull the wool over our eyes. Mom and dad are dependable. Uh, if I'm hearing truth or strange things at school or other beliefs or other opinions, I can always go to mom and dad and ask, like, okay, you know, give me the straight here. So that worked out beneficially for us. Now, uh, for all of you that disagree with me, I'm not saying you have to do it this way. Uh, I, my, my kids are probably uh, impaired uh, theatrically, artistically, creatively, because you know, we didn't uh, foster that sort of side of their creativity, which maybe would have helped with Santa Claus. I don't, I don't know. But uh, all I am saying is, uh, you know, uh, as you're parenting your kids, and you're trying to get them uh, to connect with the Lord, uh, I am saying that young kids can really experience Christ in a very authentic and real and meaningful way. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today in, in, in this message. Uh, but it's not only young kids, it's preteens, it's teenagers. Uh, our kids at all ages can really encounter Christ and experience Christ uh, and Christ can be extremely meaningful uh, to them at all ages. I mean, like young kids can encounter Christ in a way that really surprises us. I mean, they'll get dreams and they'll sense things. Uh, they'll sense Christ's presence in the room. And, you know, you'll ask your kids and you say, well, where is Jesus? Or, or what are you sensing? You'll be surprised. The kids will often like, you know, pick up on spiritual uh, things that we wouldn't necessarily be aware of. That, that's all I am um, I guess I'm trying to say. But uh, one of the things that I want you to get out of today's message uh, would be a sense of joy. You know, a sense of, okay, whether you seeing Santa Claus and Santa Claus was bringing joy to the kids and a nice joyous demeanor or whatever. But I'm interested in somehow or other today in the service You experience, not just hear about, but experience uh, joy that Jesus can give. Now, I can talk about it, and I can talk about it, and I can talk about it. That's not really what I'm asking. I'm asking that you'd experience joy. And I'm not saying that, now, you need to be in this great place, you know, where you just, like, you're into the season, you're feeling joyous, and now talk about joy, and you just say, great. I'm saying that you can experience joy whether you're in a good place or not such a good place, that there's sense that God can impart joy. Or uh, even though we shouldn't feel joy, we can feel joy. Or, you know, uh, we don't feel hopeful, but God gives us a sense of hope. So listen to this uh, Psalm 1611. It says this, You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So that's my prayer. Jesus, uh, we just welcome you here. We we ask for the joy of your presence. Uh, Jesus, I'm asking that as I preach, uh, Lord, you would use me. You would empower the words that I'm saying, that it won't just be me uh, speaking, but you, uh, Jesus, your Holy Spirit would be alive and moving here today and and imparting joy in each person present here today lord that there be a sense that when we leave here uh, we're feeling uh better about ourselves uh because we're focusing on you and uh you give us a sense of joy particularly in this season so lord i would just lift this service up uh, to you in your name jesus a- amen i uh Want to read today a scripture out of Luke? So if you've got a cell phone uh, with the Bible version uh, app on there, and if you don't, I'd encourage you to download an app. um, Or if you got your Bible with you, I prefer the hard copy, obviously, uh, for reading and doing, um, taking notes. But I I know many of you uh, prefer the electronic version. but uh, But Luke chapter two, verse eight. We pick up the story about the shepherds' encounter with the angels. And uh, if you've got a bulletin insert, you might want to get that and have it handy. Reading this familiar story, it says this, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of God's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy. The good news is going to bring great joy to all people. I will bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I mean, it's the angels talking to these shepherds. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by the sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom god is pleased when the angel had returned to heaven the shepherds said to each other let's go to bethlehem let's see this thing that has happened which the lord has told us about so you know we just have this uh really this supernatural encounter yeah the shepherds are they're just out in the the fields doing what shepherds do and it's not very exciting they're just kind of hanging out and here you have this angelic visitation, and it, like, transforms them. Well, as you can imagine. I mean, it's not just one angel, like a whole host of angels. And uh, uh, then these shepherds do something. They respond to what they've seen. Now, I've got to tell you that if you want to grow spiritually, if you want to become a disciple of Christ, if you want to grow in faith, it's always going to require that you respond, like there's some action if all you do is just listen to me talk and talk and talk, and you go home and you come back next week and I just talk and talk and talk, I mean, you will just like stay where you're at. E- every time I'm preaching, I'm always preaching like, okay, God, will you do something? Will you impart something? Will you change something? Can we like be refocused in something? Can we, you know, overcome something? But as we grow in faith, it requires that we do something. And, uh, you know, as a result, I, if you got this bulletin insert at the end, I always have next steps and, you know, like just jumping ahead. Today I'm saying, next step, put your faith in Christ again. You know, or receive prayer. Receive prayer. Get an impartation. Uh, or maybe always allow God to love you. Don't block God. Allow Him. If God is like reaching in, say yes. If God is asking you to do something, Say yes, you know, do something. Uh, don't just like read your Bible and do nothing or don't just listen to me and do nothing. You know, if you're doing a devotional at home, you should be reading a passage like the one I've just read and you should be asking yourself a question. Like, God, what does this mean to me today? Or how, God, are you, you know, you, you wanting me to respond? Or you should be reading and say, what jumps out at me at this passage? And why does it jump out at me? Or what I find harsh about this passage and why do I find it harsh? I mean, there needs to be some sense of interaction with God and saying, God, uh, you know, work with me, work me, change me, mold me, shape me, do something in me. But uh, the first point, if you're filling in these blanks, is have joy like a child. There's something marvelous about our faith in Christ. It's not like, uh, you know, everything's at a high level, like you have to be a seminary student uh, to access God. Uh, You know, God doesn't say, you know, faith is for giraffes. He says, no, faith is like for sheep. It's like at a low level. You don't like, it's not all up there. It's not like lofty, you know. It's accessible, like to all of us. And uh, he, he says it's accessible to children. And if we're not children, then we need to be childlike. Uh, So there's a sense where God is saying He's available to children. He's open to children. He's certainly open to our intellect. uh, But He wants us to access God in a childlike way. So look at this encounter, uh, back a chapter in Luke and this is really just an incredible uh, encounter uh we got uh, two pregnant pregnant women meeting each other and like sparks start flying i mean like supernatural sparks uh let me read this passage so you know what i'm talking about uh you know elizabeth is pregnant with john the baptist and uh, mother mary shows up with uh, you know baby jesus in her womb a few days later this is luke 139 A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child, John the Baptist, leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then trying to give an explanation, like what's going on here. In verse 44, it says... Uh, uh elizabeth is saying when i heard your greeting the baby in my womb jumped for joy i mean like just think of what's being said here you know here's jesus is like in the womb unable to talk but there's something supernatural is happening just his mere presence coming near You know, Elizabeth, Elizabeth's baby just like starts jumping for for joy in her womb. I mean, there's a response. There's a response of, whoa, the power of God is here. The presence of God is here. And Elizabeth being, you know, astute enough, she's like putting two and two together. It's like, wow, this is like the Messiah. There's something really special going on. I can feel it. I can sense it. I can feel God's presence. I mean, there's something about uh, even a child, even an unborn child, You know, will respond to the love of God, the presence of God, uh, if it can. Jesus really uh, wants to be accessible to all of us. Uh, If a child in the womb can experience God, we certainly can experience God. And if a child in the womb can experience the joy of God, we certainly can experience the joy of God. I mean, there's a sense of saying, uh, God, you know, I I, I put all my circumstances down, I lay them aside, and I'm asking you to, like, get through to me, you know, speak to me, encourage me or allow somebody else to speak to me. But I want to uh, experience you. I want to know you better uh, this Christmas, uh, Lord, you know, do something in me. Help me out. Get me out of my uh, stuck situation. you know we've had a we've had a sort of remarkable fall. you know, it's kind of warm out. I mean we're expecting snow and yet you know we're coming here in shorts and and like short sleeves and uh, 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 but in New England, uh the trees kind of respond to the season. I mean, even though it's spring like there are no leaves on the trees, you know it's just the way it is here. and so for those of you that have only ever lived in New England, uh, that's your experience. But many of you come from an arid area like California, and uh, it's desert-like. And, you know, sometimes in the desert, it just seems so dry and dead and like nothing could possibly grow here. And then you have, uh, you know, a storm come over and drops, you know, not necessarily a whole bunch of water, but it rains. And within days, the whole place just looks totally different. Uh, You know, the flowers start coming up, the grass starts growing. I mean, it's like, where was all this stuff? It was dead. It was like done. It was like, you know, you look at the transformation. And unless you've been in a desert and seen that, even describing it doesn't do it justice. And I'm saying all of that to say, I, I got a sense that there's some of you in here today that you just feel so dry like so dead like you just feel like lifeless or you can't dig yourself out and what I'm saying to you is just maybe the Lord is just gonna pour a little bit of his love on you and you'll be surprised that you just start blooming like you just you're surprised by his joy. Uh, if that's happening, just allow the Lord to just do that to just you know rain on you to to allow you to just flourish. Uh Luke 1021 says this. Now, this is a remarkable uh passage. I've got to set it up for you first. Uh, Jesus has got his twelve disciples, and he says to them, Okay, listen, guys, you've been listening to me talk and talk and talk and talk, and you've been listening, and you've been watching, and you've been listening, and you've been watching. And then Jesus says what he says to all of us He says, Okay, now you go and do it. And then as soon as Jesus says we should go and do it we have this immediate response of, wait, 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 I'm totally inadequate. I can't do it. I don't know enough. I need more seminary. I need more, 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 more. And Jesus says, get out there and do it. And so the disciples get out there and they do it. And uh, they come back and they're really pleasantly surprised because things start happening. And uh, in doing it, they come back with incredible amount of joy. They said, we were actually nervous about going out and doing this stuff, but you said we should pray for people and do things and the disciples come back and they say, man, not only were things happening, we were sensing like supernatural things happening, like demonic things were happening, like demonic things were, you know, being moved out of here and blessings were coming. And, and so they come back and they're all excited. And then Jesus says this, The same at the same time, uh, Jesus hearing the report, Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now that's a concept to kind of grasp, right? Like even Jesus like had a impartation or another impartation or a refilling of the holy spirit this is luke 10 21 and he said "O father lord of heaven and earth thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike yes father it pleased you to do it this way there is something uh, surprising or strange with God, where he chooses uh, to use people that are childlike. And childlike doesn't mean childish. It means like there's a sense of like, I believe, I trust in God. And he chooses in a strange way to to hide things from people that are super intellectual and are going to figure this all out and are totally logical and have got an answer for everything and are just like big headed and just know it all. He says, well, you're not going to know it all. You can try and you can read and you can read every book and you can go to every seminar and you're going to come back empty. I mean, it's a it's a mystery. Uh, and and in fact, I think Jesus is kind of chuckling. He says, yep, yeah, that's just the way it is. The kids are going to get it. The childlike are going to get it. And all those people who are serious and they're just like, I'm going to study work. He's like, no, you're not going to get it. Yeah, And it's like there's a levity. You know, it's just like, wow, this is cool. Uh in John 16, uh, 24, uh, Jesus says this. He says, ask using my name and you will receive and you will have abundant joy. Uh, again, there's an action. Jesus is saying, you want joy? Ask for it. And the way you ask for it is like a child. You know, I, I want a Christmas present. Mama, you know, I want this. I want like not just one. I want a hundred Christmas presents. I want this and I want that. And I want... That's the way Jesus wants us to respond to him. Jesus, I want more of you. I'm asking you. I want more joy. Jesus, can you give me joy? Can you impart it to me? Will you give it to me? And what Jesus doesn't say is, okay, now you really have to not be be so naughty and you really have to be really, really nice and then I'm going to give you a whole bunch of joy. It, It doesn't work that way. God is just saying, I'll forgive you. I'll forgive you. I want to impart my joy to you. But at some point, it requires an action on our behalf. We have to desire it. There has to be they hunger for it, and people that are dry and are thirsty and are worn out and are burnt out often are more—they're um, uh, more desirous to say, "Okay, I, I want more. Uh, give me more. The Lord, move in my life. Help me out." But in this story, uh, if you're filling in the blank, uh, have joy like the teenage shepherds. Uh, God wants to have childlike faith but he's not overlooking teenagers. Uh, So teenagers have the ability to experience God, and God seems to have special, um, you know, uh, uh, way of addressing teenagers. And uh, he's not like excluding them from the story. He's including them, and they get to see something really, really special, this whole host of angels. And uh, teenagers like to do things like an adventure let's go let's go see what's happening forget about the sheep let's head out let's go see you know this baby the sheep will still be there we'll find them later when we get back who knows you know as long as my uncle and my dad doesn't know we, you know we might lose a few but hey we'll be back let's take a risk you know it's like your teenager with a car hey dad i want to use a car so will be great don't worry about it bang 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 oh it was great it was a great adventure I'm sorry i didn't mean to you know whatever you know the teenagers like an adventure They like to take a risk uh, Yeah, Uh love teenagers. <laughs> in, in fact, you know, it's fun doing missions work with teenagers because, like, they don't mind taking a risk, uh, and there's a sense of activity that uh, takes place. You know, but if we look at, if we contrast um, happiness with joy, uh, on the one hand, happiness can be short term, like you can go to Disney World and it can be happy. Uh, you could do, uh, you know, even some sinful things that might give you short term happiness. Uh, but happiness, in one sense, could be contrasted with joy as being something that's short-term, you know, that's good for the moment. You eat a whole bunch of chocolates at this time of the year. You eat it like crazy, uh, and it might give you a lot of happiness until January comes, and then it's like, okay, Weight Watchers, you know, like it's a long-term problem. Or, you know, you go to the mall, and you're going to buy presents for everybody, but you don't really have any money, and you've got huge credit card debt, and it's really great, gives you great happiness. And then January comes, and it's like depression because now you've got a long-term problem, lots of debt. And so, you know, happiness is not really the motive here. The motive is joy. It's something more than just short-term like excitement, short-term happiness. It's it's a sense of can we have a long-term joy which changes us. And for the the shepherds, you know, I think they head out from wherever they are tending sheep. They go down to the city or the town of Bethlehem, and when they come back, they've got a sense of joy. They still got to deal with the stinky sheep. They still have to have the cold late nights. They still have to deal with loneliness, but they have a sense of joy. Uh, like a joy that like lasts, like kind of lasts for a lifetime. I mean, they've been transformed by Christ. God has done something in them which like okay, even if I'm going through loneliness and difficulty and boredom, I've got a sense of joy because I'm part of what Christ is doing. Uh, the third uh, thing I, I want to say about, uh, if you're filling in the blank, have joy by welcoming Jesus, being intentional about welcoming Jesus. I say this because Jesus divides. Uh, Jesus asks us to make a choice. You either uh, like Jesus or you dislike him. Uh, Jesus has a way of dividing us, dividing people. He is not somebody that's a uh, uh, you know, consensus builder. Uh, Look at this verse, for instance, in Luke uh, 2.34. It says, Then Simon blessed them, this is, uh, you know, baby Jesus, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. And so Jesus is asking us to decide, like, don't oppose him. Don't oppose Jesus' ways. Don't oppose God's ways. Don't oppose the things that Jesus is doing and telling us to do. Embrace Christ. Say yes to God. Yes to God's ways. And choose Christ. And if there's an option between doing it this way or your way and God's way, choose God's way. If there's an option between something that's going to give you happiness versus God's joy. Choose God's joy. It might be more difficult. It might be a, 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 you know, a path that you go that all your friends don't follow with you. But I'm saying Jesus is constantly dividing. He's saying choose me, and uh, people are going to oppose him. And you know, if you live in this area, you'll know that like this New England area doesn't embrace Christ. Uh, your friends that don't know him, they will oppose you. They will think the things that you do are crazy. Uh, uh, it's just. It's just the way it is. Uh, get used to it. But on the other hand, Christ is saying we can experience a tremendous amount of joy. Uh God puts it this way, and this is uh you know, back to this uh miracle on 34th Street. There's a miracle on 316th Street. Uh, the most popular verse in the Bible, John three sixteen, uh says this. For for this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life." Uh, that's a very impersonal statement, you know, for God loves the whole world. Uh, we have to make that personal because it is personal. Uh, forget about the whole world. God loves you. He loves you personally, uh, you know, and he came into this world so that you personally can experience the joy of knowing Jesus. Uh, he personally uh, has done this, that you can experience eternal life. And so there's a sense of, okay, my life might be a little difficult now. It might be a little rocky. It might be a little lonely. It might be, But there's a joy because we have a connection with Jesus. And at Christmas, we like remembering that. Uh, we're rekindling that. We're saying, thank you, Jesus, for, you know, coming as a baby, for fulfilling the sense that we can experience this joy. Uh, and it's a joy that God just uh, loves to deliver. And let uh, one of the things, uh, you know, we often have to do is we have to, like, ask God, will you deliver the joy? Can I get out of the way of myself so that you can push through, that you can, deliver that joy. And whether you've believed in Christ, you know, for the first time recently, or you've been a, a follower of Christ for years, there's a sense where we have to say, God, again, will you impart that joy? Again, can you fill me with your Holy Spirit? Again, can you help me? Again, can I experience you? Again, can you give me wisdom? Again, can you know, God is asking us to be dependent on him again and again. Now, uh, look what it says in, in John 15, 11. It says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Well, the obvious thing is what things? I mean, okay, Jesus just said, we're going to be filled with his joy. Not only are we going to receive this joy, it's going to like overflow out of us. I mean, that's something we all desire. It's like, God, I just want to like be overflowing with joy. There's just a sense, you know, where I am just like joyful. And if we're going to go back to Santa Claus in the movie, you know, that's how it's being depicted. He has a guy that's just like joyful, you know, and it's like winsome. And so we're saying, God, we want to be like the real deal. We want to have your Holy Spirit just be with us, that we are just joyful people, overflowing with joy. Uh, And as Jesus says, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Well, what things? Well, the verse before says this remain in my love when you obey my commandments you remain in my love just as i obeyed my father's commandments and remain in his life so there's a sense here where god is saying look you will experience this joy you will experience this overflowing joy if you remain in my love jesus saying i want to love you in fact i do love you in fact i came into this world as a baby for the whole purpose of loving you personally, not the whole world—yes, the whole world—but you personally, you know, can you personally experience that love? And what I'm saying today is, let's do this afresh. Let's say again, Lord, I, you know, wherever you're at, Lord, I need a fresh impartation of your love. I, I need to, uh, you know, experience that. And God is telling us, do that by obeying my way, walk His way, live His truth. You will experience it. But I just want to pray uh, as we have the worship team come on up, uh, you know, for an impartation uh, for this Christmas uh, on you to be able to receive this joy. Uh, Jesus, I just pray, uh, Lord, uh, this Christmas season, that, Lord, for those that are um, in a season of difficulty, be it physical hardships, physical problems in their bodies, Lord, uh, whether it be financial, Lord, we be relational. Lord, I just pray for an impartation of your love and your joy. Lord, that despite ourselves, we just say yes to you. Thank you, Jesus. Again, fill us again. Lord, we just admit that we stumble, we fall, we go the wrong way. But we say, Lord, forgive us. Fill us afresh. Help us, Lord God impart your holy spirit in abundance again allow it to overflow through us lord that this would be the most joyous christmas that we've experienced lord by your love being imparted in us and through us in your name jesus amen why don't we stand and uh you know in a different sense experience god through through worship is a different way of experiencing his joy